In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear, my Son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Proverbs 4. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know what makes you stumble? Keep this question in mind because the wicked do not know what makes them stumble. They are in darkness. They seek riches and pleasures and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. But you are not in darkness. You are light. In our epistle lesson, St. Paul doesn't even say that you are in the light. He says that we are light. We are light in the Lord. Like father, like son, the saying goes. So it is with us. Christ is our light. We are like him. We imitate him as children of the light. Jesus is our spiritual father. He is not our heavenly father. His father from eternity is our heavenly father. We can keep our language tight as far as that is concerned. God the father is our heavenly father. Jesus Christ, his son, is our spiritual father. We don't generally talk this way, but it is thoroughly biblical and it provides much to consider. Jesus manages his home. His home is here on earth. We live in it. His home is his church. His church is his bride. Home is where the wife is. That is, if she has your heart. Home is where the wife and mother are caring for the children, if God has so blessed you. This is where Christ's home is too. We have his heart. For wherever else he must ever be, even in heaven to prepare a place for us there, yet this is where his treasure is. This is where his heart is. It is here on earth where we are, where his church cares for those who are born to him through holy baptism, where we are able to lift our eyes to him. His children lift their eyes to their dear Father. He dearly loves us. Jesus is the ever-present Lord of his earthly household. He is our everlasting Father, as Isaiah said we would call him. But then we don't. 
but he is. And we are his everlasting spiritual children, conceived and born from his love for our spiritual, from our spiritual mother. The church is the congregation of saints among whom the gospel is preached in its truth and purity, and the sacraments are rightly administered. Through faith in Jesus, we are his children. Through faith in what he teaches his bride, we benefit as children of both. There can be no either or between being a child of Christ and a child of the church. As St. Cyprian said 1,700 years ago during a time of greater persecution than we will likely see, one cannot have God for his father who does not have the church for his mother. If no one could escape who was outside the ark of Noah, then no one may escape who is outside of the church. The Lord warns, saying, He who is not with me is against me, and he who gathers not with me scatters. So far, Cyprian. This means that we find our status as children of God nowhere else than where he serves his entire church. To be with Jesus is to be in his church, for which reason we call where you are all sitting the nave, because it is a naval vessel that offers even greater protection than Noah's Ark. To gather with Jesus is to be where he gathers all the elect to hear the word of God and to bear each other's burdens for joy that Christ has borne theirs on the cross. Outside is condemnation. Inside is safety. We are born of water and the word. As Noah's own ordeal served as a type that through water God would save us by destroying and washing away all sin. The grace Jesus bestows to his bride, the church, by washing her and making her beautiful and fit to stand before him and beside him, unashamed and honored, it is the very means by which he creates spiritual children within her. It is holy baptism. As St. Paul describes later in the same chapter to the Ephesians, which you are invited to hear more about this coming Wednesday. The same means by which Jesus serves his bride in selfless love to cleanse her from her sin is the means by which Jesus causes her to give new birth to sinners. Baptism. This is why we open our service in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Your baptism makes you the rightful child of the home you enter. And what happens at home? As a healthy home is identified by the fact that mom and dad talk about the most important things in the presence of their children, so also this marks the greatest reality in our spiritual home as children of God. He talks, she listens, she talks, he responds, our father talks, our mother listens. Is this not the noise in your home? And she teaches the children to talk too, and they listen. The children, or the church teaches us to speak correctly about Christ, who is her head. He serves her. She honors him. We see it. By Jesus serving, 
and the church honoring, we children are blessed. The spirit we have is not dumb and mute, it speaks. We call our first language our mother tongue because our mothers teach us to speak. So also we learn to speak about Jesus from the church. Jesus instructs, he tells us to take firm hold of his instruction and not let it go. Keep her, for she is your life. Keep what? Whatever he has talked about with his wife. Blessed is he who hears the word of God and keeps it. You hear the word of God by being with Jesus. You know where Jesus is. He is at home with his bride, your mother who gave you birth. He is in the church teaching you. This is where you belong. Jesus teaches us. As we sang in our opening hymn, this is how he cherishes his children, husbands and fathers. There is no greater love you can show your wife than by teaching her children to love what she loves. There is constant disconnect in everything as members of every household go their own ways, but not in the most important thing. God forbid it, and God forbids you, fathers, from letting it happen. A father who doesn't teach his children the word of God at home, who doesn't bring them to church, doesn't love them like God loves us. No, he loves them like pets. Nor does he love their mother as God loves her. A father who shows his children how to ignore the word of God and who excuses their willing wandering in the paths of wickedness where there is darkness rather than admonishing them to come home to where Jesus is. Such a man commits a grave sin that God does not ignore. He does worse than a father who teaches his children to ignore and disobey his wife. For our wives give birth to sinners, but the church gives birth to saints. Jesus teaches us and loves us by telling us to receive instruction in our church where we hear his word and find ourselves at peace in his home. Our everlasting Father is the Prince of Peace. This is how he keeps us so that we never perish. He has purchased us with his own blood. This is how he gives us new life so that we look to him as a dear father whenever we are afraid. He instructs us. He blesses those who hear his word and keep it. When Jesus gave his life as a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father, it is because everything on earth besides smelled bad, like flies covering the land. But he gave his life to draw a line, to make a distinction, and to separate all those who are being saved. He reconciled his Father to us, and so reconciled our prayers to the Father as well. He turned away the Father's wrath against us, and when he rose from the dead, he spoke those immensely comforting words to Mary Madeline, to tell his disciples, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Oh, what precious words. God is reconciled to sinners. The eternal relationship between Father and Son is now extended to us. We are children of the Heavenly Father. Our prayers are holy and pleasing to God. For Jesus' sake, we appeal to the sweet-smelling offering that Christ made by his obedience 
to atone for our sins, and our prayers rise before him as incense. To save us, God did not merely restore what was lost in Eden. No, that's forever gone. Instead, he gives us what is infinitely more glorious. Jesus makes us co-heirs of his own life as the eternal son of God. Or what else can a father give to his children as an inheritance if he never dies? What else than to elevate them in time to be his own brothers? And so our Savior, who never dies again, regards us both as his sons and daughters and also as his brothers and sisters. We are his children. But when in heaven we wake up from death in his likeness, we will see with clear eyes what it means for us to have shared his inheritance as the firstborn from the dead on earth. Even though we shared it here by faith through much danger and suffering, yet we are his brothers. If I discipline my sons and daughters or deny them what they may want, it is because I want them to grow up to be my brothers and sisters. And really, as many of you can attest, This is how the relationship matures in many ways. So yes, we are God's, we are Christ's brothers and sisters. But dear brothers and sisters, we need dearly to know that he who reconciled us to our Father in heaven by dying for our sin is also our everlasting Father here on earth. We need his brotherhood. Thank God we have it. But we need our elder brother to be a father to us now, as he promised his disciples, saying, I will not leave you orphans. And he doesn't. Without Jesus teaching us daily as a father, we have no access to our Father in heaven. Yes, Eden is gone forever. Eden was a sinful paradise on earth. There is now no sinless paradise on earth, and there won't be again. The only paradise on earth is the paradise that is filled with sinners. And it is our home. For all its seeming dysfunction and chaos, it is our home. It is where Jesus teaches us and forgives us. And he teaches and forgives your brothers and sisters too. And he warns us all and forgives us all and then teaches us. And he reassures us when our hearts doubt because the lessons are hard. But he forgives us and he teaches us. He truly is our spiritual father. He is so kind to us. He welcomes us all today because he loves us. Your heavenly father is in heaven. And you will say that you are but a stranger here and heaven is your home. We are pilgrims, it is true. We are always walking and running. We must work and go and do And our Father in heaven feeds us. Amen. But so does our spiritual Father on earth. Jesus is the bread of life. We need God's word and instruction more than anything. If Cyprian said that we cannot have God as our Father if we do not have the church as our mother, and he's absolutely right if understood correctly, so then also consider this truth. You cannot have God as your Father in heaven if you will not have his son as your father on earth. Because you are not in heaven. You are on earth. 
You walk in danger all the way. Jesus is found only on earth and only in his church. That is only where his gospel is preached to people listening. And his body and blood given as food and drink to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus said that he who is not with him is against him. He who does not gather with those who hear his word and receive his instruction is scattering. There's a beautiful song that I used to listen to a lot as a teenager. It really is pretty. It's called, Long as I Can See the Light. Hear the opening words. Put a candle in the window, because I feel I've got to move. Though I'm going, I'll be coming home soon, long as I can see the light. It's a pretty little ballad about what I suppose is a young man setting off into the world. I think that's why I liked it. But he doesn't want to entirely lose his connection to home. I think that's why I liked it too. The candle in the window represents the memories he cherishes, the warmth of home that he sincerely loves. As long as he retains his love for home, he'll be fine. Pack my bag and let's get moving because I'm bound to drift a while. When I'm gone, you don't have to worry long, long as I can see the light. I guess such sentiment expressed might give hope to a mother who sees her son leave home to experience life as an adult as her children scatter. He'll be back. There's a candle in the window and bread in the oven and his bed is made, just like he left it. But what when the home he is so charmingly describing is the home of his Savior, where alone he finds refuge from sin and a bad conscience, where the gospel is preached. Does such reassurance comfort us that as long as he claims to know where to find home, if he ever again needs what Jesus offers, does this sentiment comfort us? Should it? One cannot be a willing partaker with the sons of disobedience and then assure himself that he still sees the candle in the window, that he still knows where he can find forgiveness for the sins he's pursuing, and our hearts pursue it. There is darkness within our hearts that resists the light. It's in our nature. Guess I've got that old traveling bone because this feeling won't leave me alone. But I won't be losing my way. No, no, long as I can see the light. Until the devil extinguishes the light. And our holy faith is reduced to a sentiment. Oh, what a foolish comfort if this sentiment is applied to wandering away from regularly hearing God's word. And we see it happen all the time. And we make excuses instead of praying. And what a dangerous thing to succumb to that old traveling bone, to pursue what the world can offer and suppose that Jesus is back home if you need him, if those feelings and desires ever end up leaving you alone, and they won't until you die. You need him now, who became bone of your bone in order to stay put for you. He is your life. When a demon is cast out of a man, and this is what happened when you were baptized, 
to make room for the Holy Spirit, that demon goes and searches dry places, seeking rest. But what rest does he seek? As I opened with from Proverbs 4, they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. These are the spirits seeking rest. Why would we go searching pleasure where the evil spirits are seeking rest? They seek those who are empty and desolate. Why would we leave home with a candle in the window instead of a lamp burning in our breast? The demon's rest consists of hurting us, of reclaiming us. Their rest consists of lying to you and guarding you as their own, but don't you belong to them. Because you belong to God, who has redeemed you with his own blood by bearing God's wrath for you and teaching you to obey the gospel so that you might be a child of obedience. He has taught you his word. You know what makes you stumble, don't you? It is those sins that appeal to your flesh, sins that are not fitting for baptized saints, sins which, if we leave home to pursue, rob us of any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. But our eyes, dear Christians, are ever toward the Lord, who plucks our feet from the net, and he forgives us all our sins. And he welcomes us home. Our home is not swept clean. It is filled with sinners like you and me. If it's anything like my home, it's sometimes quite a disaster. But it's filled with the crying to God for mercy. It's filled with children receiving the children's bread. This is the church. It is filled with saints like the Canaanite woman who begged even to be a dog eating crumbs if only she could live in the house and escape the evil spirit that owned her daughter. Jesus proved the stronger man for her by showing mercy and taking ownership of her and her family. He cast the strong man demon out and welcomed her and her daughter to receive from him the instruction he gives to his children, and so he has done for you. His home is filled with the means by which you are cleansed daily, forgiven, and strengthened to resist temptation. He is your stronger man who has disarmed the devil by contradicting his lies and teaching us to know and love the truth. This is his way. All who are in his home are at peace. He guards us, and we imitate him as dear children by doing what he does. We hear his word and guard it. It is our life. Our way shines like the sun, not as a distant candle in the window if we ever just want to go home, but kindled in our hearts to stay so that we know what pleases him most and remain in his mercy. He shines, his way shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. He guides us to our home in heaven by keeping us in his home below. Dear Christians, we bless the womb that bore us by thanking God for our baptism. We bless the breasts which nursed us by learning God's word and regularly receiving the Lord's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We bless our mother, the church, by hearing God's word where he blesses us and we keep it. We guard the word of him who guards us from the devil and who leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.
peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ unto everlasting life. Amen.